Welcome to Conversations with Healers, a podcast and video interview series that features intimate, soulful, and cozy conversations with self-healers and healers. Healer to healer, we dive into all aspects of self-healing and healing and being and becoming a healer. I am Damla Aktekin. I am a healer and the host of this podcast, and I can't wait for you to listen to this conversation. If you are new to this podcast, please take a moment to subscribe so that you can be aware of new episodes. I also invite you to visit adropofom.com, A-D-R-O-P-O-F-O-M.com, where I share a lot of free resources for self-healing and healing, and you can take a free quiz to find out what your energetic wounds are and how they may show up in your life. Discovering what your wounds are is the first step in healing them. I hope you enjoy this episode. There is one more thing I would like to share with you before you listen to this episode. I created a wonderful container to help you heal your energetic wounds and activate the infinite light and potential of your inner children. It is a crystal energy healing membership called Chakra Bliss Vault. Every month you will receive three new crystal healing sessions Plus, you'll immediately have access to my entire energy healing recording library when you sign up. The membership is really affordable and will continue to be so. You can find out more about it at adropofom.com, A-D-R-O-P-O-F-O-M.com. I invite you to make healing your energetic wounds and connecting with your inner children a priority and invest in your well-being by becoming a Chakra Bliss Vault member. Hello everyone, this is Damla Aktikin with A Drop of Om and today I have a very, very special guest. Hello, Sierra, how are you? Hello. I am so I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for yes, yes. having me. This is this is great. <laughs> I love it. I love that we're doing this and I'm going to um start with why we're doing this, but before that let me introduce you to our listeners uh, and we're going to explain the hello too. But Sierra Abbott, am I saying that right? Abadi a body is an astrologer because that was the thing like before we we got together I was like Sierra what's your last name I I know I know we we all just met as as first name and and souls we didn't need the the last name formality exactly exactly so Sierra my friend is an astrologer podcast and book club host cat lover like myself, a tarot master, card reader, uh, my soul traveler, and an Egyptian Odyssey participant just like me. So, Sierra, so you and I went on to this amazing, life-changing, magical (laughs) 15-day Egypt trip. Um, But before, and that's what we're going to talk about today, we're going to talk about our soul pilgrimage. But before we do that, I want to 
um, explain to people listening why we're doing what we're doing? Do you do you want to start with that or do you want me as to? As far as when we decided to do? Uh... Yeah. yeah. So the moment in my mind is, so we're in the Nubian Museum in Aswan, yes. Egypt. Yes. We had um, just got, we or we had just got in or we were finishing up. I don't remember which part. I think we were finishing up and they had these beautiful stairs that you and I sat down side to side. And by then we had discovered that you have a podcast, which is called The Stars Maybe Do It, which we discovered I had been listening to already. And I recommend everyone to check it out. It's all about astrology and the magic of astrology. And, and I had told you that I had a podcast and we talked about, like you said, you wanted to do an episode on Egypt trip. And I said, I wanted to do an episode. And I don't remember which one of us, but one of us said, let's do it together. And then we both got chills in the same yes, moment. <laughs> which I have right now as you are reminding that story. Yes. <laughs> and and in that moment, we were like, yep, yeah, okay, we're going to schedule this. We'll do this. Yeah, 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 I do. It was, we had one of the most amazing and magical uh, adventures to uh, the island of Philae, uh, where Isis is. And then we, after we all had the, it was, it was dreamy to the most basic way I could describe it as being dreamy. And then afterwards we went to that museum and I remember sitting on the steps and there was a lot of processing that was still happening after our morning adventure. And then it was also a very dark museum. And I, I feel like senses in a way kind of got damp in a positive way where we were just sitting on the steps waiting to get going and then yeah having this oh I have a podcast and you have a podcast and my podcast is really based um on astrology and we uh my podcast host and I are very much into all of the mystical but that's more that's not where our episodes focus I was like well I'm I would love to talk about Egypt I have to figure out a way how to bring that in and you were like well I I'm bringing it in why don't we do it? <laughs> so, so I'm so happy to get to basically I just want to talk about it because as podcasters we love talking and I I'm really grateful to get to relive that experience and what I was saying earlier was that I I've been I've been sharing it little by bit by bit with the people in my life but it's a completely different experience to get to share it and relive it with someone who is there with me as opposed to retelling it's almost like re-experiencing in this way Yes, absolutely. And um, I think before we get into it, I kind of want to give people an idea of who was there and yeah. what was it like. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll tell my recollection and you can yeah. add to it. So in terms of setting the stage, so we went there from the 1st of December to the 15th of December, 2022. So this is just a month ago, basically. Yes. <laughs> and there were 16 participants, two men and the rest of them women, plus three guides. We had um, the owner of the tour, which was this uh, old wise, uh, keeping the schedule, um, old woman, Egyptian, very fierce. We had um, an Egyptian tour guide, younger, fiery, but very knowledgeable and um, very leader, leady, leadership like. Yeah, very fiery also. And our third guide who actually brought us all together was Sheila Hyde, which actually was a guest in my podcast and in your podcast. also. Yes. Yes. And I consider her a, a, a spiritual guide, a spiritual teacher at this point. Sheila basically was the person who announced 
this, uh, what she called an Egyptian odyssey and who put it together in coordination with the Egyptian guides. So uh, 15 days, uh, well, with travel days, 14 days of jam-packed visiting temple of the temple. <laughs> very, very intense. Um, and the people were aged between 30s to 70s. I mean, there was a, a, a very variable age group. Um, and then there were lots of into readings. We read for each other. We read tarot cards. We read astrology. I read the Turkish coffee for almost everyone. And then there was also, we would do uh, group meetings. There was personal and group guidance received, um, but also a lot of soul sisterhood. Uh, and I love that Sheila kept calling it, and I think it was in the title, she kept calling it the reunion yes. of souls. So tell me your recollection of like, what 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 it was you know that's so interesting i i talked to sheila recently and about the word reunion and when she was I'll, i won't put words in her mouth because i don't remember exactly what she said but or the general summary was that the reunion was almost um the, like a okay it's this meeting that's coming together but it ended up being we are being reunited with each other we are being reunited with egypt egypt's being reunited with old Egypt we're being reunited with our old souls in Egypt it was just it wasn't just um it was it was reunion in so many different forms and and it that's just the thing that going into it we all expected the great thing that I loved about this from my perspective it was yes Sheila was this uh common point between all of us she was the guide that brought us all together we all had some sort of connection through her and that was the part that that made this trip extra special because no one went into this trip having to be like, oh, well, I'm, you know, I actually do astrology. I'm, I'm a tarot reader. It was just, oh, well, if we all know Sheila, we already all know that we all are into all of that. And that was yes. just such a, a beautiful uh, barrier that did not have to be broken. It just didn't exist in that group. So that's something that I really appreciated from the beginning of it, as far as the group of people that were brought together were all people who were very not only open to um, beyond the tourist experience of Egypt, but that's what they were looking for. It wasn't, I'm, I, one, of course, we're going to see some of the most amazing landmarks and structures and parts of history in the world. But two, we're all going in knowing that we have, uh, this is a reunion for us and our old lifetimes. And, and with, and if we're all being brought together for this particular moment, we're all connected already. And that was, I think, a huge part of setting the scene for all of this was that it didn't just feel like a random group of people coming together because we all kind of knew that we weren't random. Yes. Chills. I think this is going to be the theme of this conversation. <laughs> My last chills, chills, chills. Uh, I completely agree with you. I think, first of all, like all of us knowing Sheila, we already had the common thread there. And all of us having interests in, like, a lot of us were students of Sheila. I'm a tarot and astrology student of hers. I know you are too. And I think there was a trust element for me, like, going to a journey like this with her. Like, I knew I would be okay spiritually. Yes. Like, I knew I yes. would be, it, it would, at least with her understanding what I'm going through. But what you're saying is so true because... Um, each step of the way, like uh, we would go on into this underground tomb and you would come up with like tears in your eyes. You were like, oh, 
and we would be like yes or I would say like I just had a flash of a past life and they everyone would be like yeah yeah, yeah. like there was no yes. Yes. questioning there was no negating and we were um we were constantly holding each other there was a lot of even physically like holding hands like hugging yes. touching there was very like a sisterly motherly um kinship thing going on that I can't quite explain yeah. in logical terms but it definitely added um a lot to the experience um because let's face it it wasn't all roses <laughs> yeah and yeah. and you know roses in uh, magical moments there were um really really tough moments in there as well so what yeah. were so I want to go into the most magical experiences too but what were some of the challenges for you or what was coming up for you throughout the challenges I hmm you know the the whole thing was an experience and I feel like in all experiences there are the the you know highs and lows of it I will say personally I didn't have many lows <laughs> of the of the trip which was you know amazing personally um but for the the challenges of the trip was I would say figuring out it was very personal my challenges were more personal um i think that something that i am used to is connecting in large groups of people and i think that that wasn't some of the strengths of some of the people on the group and that was a lot of the challenge that many people faced was this connection especially coming after these years that we've come after of covid of being so isolated and um and having so many uh you know internet relationships which i'm forever grateful for but that's been a lot of our lives recently and i think that that was a big challenge for many people but a lot of the stuff for me was a lot of the more personal things as far as when I was having uh I was having real I was having real experiences and even though I'm someone who's always been very into a metaphysical world I grew up with a very spiritual mom and spiritual parents but particularly a very spiritual mom and this has been a part of my life forever but it, I I've never experienced it personally. I've always, I always feel it's almost like as if I'm in a bubble in the pool and I've never felt the water before. Like I know that we're in a pool. I know that, you know, there's wetness around. I know that everybody's swimming through it. I'm able to move through it, but I've never felt the water before. And this was the first time I've ever felt the water. And that was something where it was almost like, am I making this up or am I, am I really having the, this fallen experience for the first time? It's, it's like one of the, it's almost like a wish come true in a way, but then you don't know what to do when you actually get it. And I was having, um, actual, uh, exp big experiences. And I'm also someone who very much, uh, is the person who needs to, and also puts myself in that position as to being the, the rock in, uh, any sort of uh, intense, intense moments where, okay, I am the one who's the reliable one. I'll make sure that everybody's okay. And I was having emotional experiences where, uh, it was stronger than me. And I was, I was crying in front of groups of people. And I can't tell you, I, I could probably tell you on one hand, the amount of times that's happened. And, and it's not because I don't, I, I would definitely consider myself an emotional person, but not an emotional person in front of groups of people, because I'm normally the one who has to keep people together and be that strong person. And that was a big, 
I mean, challenge in a way, but also uh, that was a different experience for me is actually feeling these really strong and really emotionally strong moments where I was just suddenly crying in front of groups of people. And, and also these messages that we'll get into, but these messages that I was receiving kind of that made me realize that I... I'm much more important than I let myself believe and say out loud to others. And it was almost like an ego battle in that way too, because I, I think there's a, a fine line between um, owning who you are and also, uh, you know, being egotistical. And that was something where I was kind of getting really important and powerful messages, realizing how, how important my life and my journey this time around are and have been before and and finding my place there that was that was it was a lot of personal uh challenges I would say it's funny I'm I'm of course getting chills but <laughs> I'm smiling <laughs> because we are today recording this on um the 6th of January which is the cancer the water full moon and of course yeah. we're talking about water and I'm yeah. also smiling because I know that you have a Capricorn and Earth Moon being the yes. the practical person, yeah, emotionally for the people around you. So um, I love that that um, happened for you in a way that you felt being held by the group. And I've see, seen you do that a couple of times in the group too. Like you were able to share a few things um, because it felt safe, or that was my. Yeah. 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 That was something where I think it, one big thing, and for, I mean, I'm the astrologer over here too, you know, of course I'm going to bring it in there, but the big thing with Capricorn moons is me sharing my emotions doesn't benefit the people around me. So why am I doing it if it doesn't benefit anybody? And then there's a little voice like, Sierra, it benefits you, <laughs> you count. But in that moment, it just feels like it, me sharing isn't going to, nobody benefits from this. So why am I going to let myself be vulnerable when I know that I need to be the strong person here? I need to be the strong person in any situation because I know that if there needs to be somebody to take care of it, I'd much rather it be me because I am the capable one. And in this group of people, it became a a thing where it was okay. Like there was enough strong people. That's maybe that's what it was. There was enough strong people around me that I knew that if I couldn't be the strong one, somebody else could handle it. And I'm kind of realizing that as I'm saying it out loud, <laughs> that's something yeah. where I really think that that was kind of part of it, where there was enough people where, you know, their souls had experienced the same, similar and same amount of experiences that mine has where it, that if I could let go a little bit, everybody else would be taken care of. There was space for me to get to feel the things that I don't normally allow myself to feel. Yeah. yeah. And we had the, this, I mean, Sheila, the Capricorn, um, the strong Capricorn. I think there was another, wasn't there another Capricorn? Yes. Um, we had Thomas was a Capricorn and we had course, yeah. uh, Doreen Capricorn moon and Renata <laughs> Capricorn moon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I, I love what you're saying. I think I want to add to that is, um, which maybe you're you're someone you do it so lightheartedly you you did bring a lot of wisdom to the group as well like you were specifically hand holding uh, especially in some of the tougher like the king's chamber uh tougher physical moments i know i was too um we were both and just like everyone everyone was called to i feel help each other at certain times it yes. was like I was holding you and then you were holding me kind of a thing for the yes. different phases of the journey. Yes. Which was beautiful. 
Um, so I just wanted to add that, like, it wasn't just the vulnerability that you brought. There was a lot of um, wisdom and, and, and soul holding as well. Thank you. I I just want to add an age piece to that too, if I can, yeah. that this age range that we had on this group, you and I were the youngest, like of, of this group. And, um, and it, we brought, I feel like our strengths were in those, it was a physically challenging. I was the youngest in this group. And I was like, we're waking up this early. I'm tired, you know? And I'm just thinking there are people in their seventies on this trip and they, how courageous and brave and challenging for the amount of physical, uh, the, the physical challenges that were on this trip. And I feel like that's a lot of the, the places where you and I could step in and, and be strength there. And then there are these amazingly wisdom filled women in there, you know, and, and, and men that were uh, in an older age bracket than me that were able to be the strong people in the vulnerable moments that, and so I feel like exactly what you said, everybody brought vulnerability and strength in a way that really balanced and supported each other in such an equal way, which I feel like your Libra moon appreciates. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, she does. Which brings me to, I think from my perspective, the, the challenges were um it's very similar to what you said I think there were things that touched on my own wounds mm. us being in a group of women and I I grew up uh my family has a lot of women <laughs> in it so I grew up around strong opinionated women and there were moments I was like oh this feels like the you know the last family gathering. <laughs> Or yeah. someone would make a comment and I would be like, oh, I'm looking at my mom like right now. So I would feel a lot of the energy of things that um, had previously and sometimes continue to bother me. Yeah. Um, and me being an Aquarius, I'm notorious. About, like, I don't like being told things. Yeah. <laughs> and there were a few moments of that, which I didn't take um, as unkind. I took them as kindness and and everything, but what they were doing was uh, stirring things up inside me. And yes. and my challenge was to to be with that. And not only that, there was some like lingering things coming up that I wrote about. I wrote the story of Egypt, which I'll share below. There was a moment where I got lost in the Cairo Museum, and like a past life memory of abandonment came, which I needed to be with. So things like that. There was like on the outside, I was the tapper in the in the group. I would be tapping, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And a lot of people came up up to me and asked about it, and some people said they got reminded of it, and they started to tap along. Um, there was a purpose to it though it wasn't just the you know give myself the the nervous system support I was feeling like I was processing a lot yeah and the physical aspect was we were waking up like 5 a.m almost every day one day we woke up at 2 a.m and we were up on our our legs almost uh the entirety of the day going from temple to temple to a shopping place or or the museum and this and that um there were a lot of physical elements which also brings me to, I think one of one of the things we were all learning there was, um, okay, there's this discomfort, there's the pain in in for for some of us. Some of us had swollen legs and knees and and issues like actual physical issues. There was a lot of digestive issues going on. Yeah. Um, and I love that Sheila gathered us um, on the second day, and she said look, this is an odyssey and shit is going to come up. Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> and that to me was very helpful because it just made it a part of the journey to be with yes. us. Just made yes. it like naming that as that, like all the shit, meaning all the karmic stuff, all the places in us that we haven't really resolved yet. We haven't learned how to show up for ourselves or others yet is going to co keep coming up. So one lesson being, how are you going to be with the, with the shit, with the discomfort, with the karmic stuff coming up? And then for me, coming back to tying it to what you were saying, what you felt comfortable with, um, I'm a hermit by, <laughs> by nature and me being in Aquarius and going through the pandemic, like at the end of the first day of us being together, uh, even the first dinner, I was like, whoa, energy, people. Yeah. Yeah. so at the end of the first day I had to be I had to go to my room early and just you know Congress. balance find my inner libra balance and and then yeah. and then I got used to it gradually as I got to new people a little better so that's the other end of the spectrum where uh what I was moving through was okay so the discomfort I'm learning to be with and then when I face um when I find this love, connection, openness from these people and um, beautiful conversations. So how do I stay open for that as well? Mm -hmm. So not just the quote unquote um, bad stuff or challenging stuff, but the good stuff. How do I say, stay open for the good stuff without going into the shell of the crab or the um, the hermit position? So that's what was challenging for me, too. In a I love, form. I love that the the commonality there between our our challenges is that I can just see the really important kind of push, being that we were in a really trusted, safe group of people, group of souls that made us want to work through that hard, that the those hard things where you know i i had to try more than once the first time that i shared what was going on uh the experiences that i had uh with sekmet i i felt horrible afterwards i felt completely disgusted having shared something so openly and vulnerable i was like don't ever do that again <laughs> and i was like sierra what's wrong with you <laughs> like you you want to share like why are you having these reactions to that and then there came like the next time where i had an opportunity to share and it came out in literal sobs and it was so cathartic and it was so um so much more healing because it it stopped being like a um a performative this is what i should be doing in this group of people this is blah 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 and it was much more feeling through it. And for you, it seems like with the, um, I want to be open to the good stuff too. And that's such a, um, you know, in that's more of like a social and mine's more of like the, the heart space of if I open and let the vulnerability in my, a huge part of my journey was finding joy. And if I don't open and share the deep, uh, more sad and, and not even sad, but just heavy, uh, emotions, then I don't, I also can't let in the light and happy. And it just seems like that too, with, you know, if I don't, um, you know, find my way of being in these groups of, uh, of people, then I don't get all the good stuff that comes with these groups of people. So it yes. seems like there's a parallel in that way. Yeah. I mean, in the sense that, yes, we will, will be with all the shadow, all the <clears throat> emotions, all yeah. the things that come up and then can you equally be with the joy? Can you say yeah. the joy? Uh, because that's vulnerable. I mean, yeah. 
just showing yourself and letting someone else show themselves to you. That's very vulnerable. I want to get to the magical stuff, but I also want to, um, I think what I'm guided to touch upon is I want to speak about my intention going into Egypt, but I want to hear about like before all this, (laughs) before we knew what we were going into, was there an intention in your mind or or something that you wanted to work with, work through, or bring into the trip? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, I I had the, so many um, universe coming in and slapping me in the face moments of going on this trip, and so I was getting hints, and I was I'm like I'm listening. <laughs> I hear you, world. I I see all the random Egyptian things in places where there shouldn't be Egyptian things, and so I I've always had an interest in it, but it was more like. Um, and an annoying enough of a a little like tapping 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 where okay yes I, I'll go I'll go and it, it didn't feel as um monumental as I feel like some other people I knew it was going to be important but then as the day approached <laughs> I was kind of having these feelings of I both am really afraid that I'm gonna touch some ancient like obelisk and have and gain superpowers as I am I'm afraid I'm not gonna touch some old obelisk and gain superpowers <laughs> I was I was having this this dynamic of being like what if I touch something and I suddenly can you know have crazy intuitive uh superpowers and what if I go there and I don't so that was what I was working through and um and I guess the going into it I was just so excited to go to Egypt I was and I also I'm I'm coming from France. I wasn't going on this this crazy uh overseas journey. It was a 5-hour plane ride which you know is long, but nothing in comparison to what so many other people went through. So I feel like I was just I only had 1 hour of time difference to get used to. I I didn't have that um really big anticipation of this being such a different part of the world as I would have had I gone on this trip when I was still living in the United States. And so I think that that was, it was more, I knew this was going to be a spiritual uh, awakening and I was both afraid of that and afraid that it wouldn't happen at the same time. Oh, I love it. Which it did happen for you, which we'll talk about, but yeah, <laughs> I love that you're mentioning that equal parts push and pull in a way, mm-hmm. which was similar to what I experienced. Um, my intention was, um, just one thing, which is I have been going through this inner mothering journey for myself. And it's not just this lifetime and it's like there is no blame or or guilt attached to it whatsoever with my blood or soul relatives. But it's just been <clears throat> something I felt was lacking in my life is this feeling of just being um, held in this um, unconditional love and it's not like I don't have love but I I need to have that inside of me if that makes sense so my intention was to first of all Egypt felt like just such a divine mother goddess land even before I you know decided on on this trip and it felt like that would be the place and as I began to there were a series of dreams and synchronicities which I wrote about I'm not going to go into now but let's just say similar to you I was Egypt was popping up more and more and more for me around the time I was getting more serious about this inner mothering 
And my intention was to connect with the divine Gaia, divine land, divine mother, and all the other representations of the divine mother energy there, which, I mean, the temples hold people. So their, their representation, all the different figures, figurines, um, like even Osiris has has a very feminine look to me. Um, Isis, the the loving uh, beauty and divine mother, of course, Sekhmet being the fierce mother. Um, all of those symbols of um, the mother energy were calling to me and my intention was to not just connect with them, but to awaken that in myself, which um, which actually happened. Uh, but I, again, like you, I didn't know if it would, but I just had this calling and uh, just this pull to Egypt. And I think something about the group being led by Sheila, I mentioned before, our two other guides who were Egyptian were also women. We had a majority of women in the group. So um, I think that that was also something I needed to visit and revisit, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, there was so much... Um you know, whether it be from an actual, you know, there were mothers and there were those who were not mothers on the trip, but that energy that was brought with that group was very, you know, the nurturing part of mothering energy that, uh, of holding space, of holding space in love for each other. And that was very, very present in that group. Absolutely. Yeah. And while Egypt held space for us. Okay. Mm -hmm. so let's go into a little bit of the, the magical experience. Yeah. I know people are probably wanting to hear about like where we went and what, what was there. Yeah. Um, and it would be like we would spend hours and hours, but just maybe the highlights for you, like what were the most magical moments and places for you and what was what was magical about them? Oh, my gosh. Like, do we have three hours? I mean, <laughs> we do. <laughs> I, you know, and it, but this is a this is a great thing to talk about, because I will just say that it was different for every person. And that's what was magical in itself, where there was moments where I had very very intense and magical moments that that was just a very historic and and exciting place for someone else to see and then there was uh you know some historic and amazing places for me to see that I didn't feel that connection and others had very very profound moments there so it was really while we were all connected through Egypt we really all had our own individual you know journey on it and that in itself was very magical um I like the the magical parts I mean Sekhmet was what really connected all of us in that in this journey and I feel like that was the moment where we all got activated and to um, set the scene there is that we got a wake up call at 2am and had to be on the bus at 3am but because we had a private viewing of the grounds of Karnak from 4 to 6 a.m. And this happened on the full moon in Gemini. And I'm a Sagittarius, so this is Sagittarius season. I also, um, this was a really big moment for me astrologically because while we were on this uh, odyssey, Mars, uh, which it still is currently, was uh, retrograde in Gemini. And when I was born, Mars was retrograde in Gemini. And that's something that I've spent the past year or two really diving into what that means energetically for me. And so for this ending of 2022, I was experiencing for the first time really since I was born what this this drive and action feels like to move I guess externally instead of internally 
And so that was just with this Gemini full moon happening, activating that Mars energy that I've already been, um, you know, really excited to be experiencing for the first time. Um, that was happening where we got to the way that they, the, the talking about the magic of Egypt in general, the way in which that they built these temples, like astrologically, astronomically, and architecturally, where you we saw the full moon setting directly opposite where we saw the sun rising in this temple and that was just so with the stars and the and and the setting of the the colors and everything were just beyond magical in itself from a visual perspective but then going there with this group of people having having this very magical and spiritual intention where we're going to get to talk and have a conversation with this goddess and and these gods and um and we all shared this as a unit but we all had our very individual experiences and i can't stress how much before this trip i really was that person in a bubble in the water having never touched the water before and i was in the temple there and it was like a hole was popped in the bubble and the water started seeping in and i was like oh oh (laughs) Is is this what water feels like? And am am I making it up? Is this really? And I just started getting messages. I started getting messages. Like everybody says, they get messages when they're tuned in. And and I I tried for a really long time to tune in, and there was a big blockage there for me. And I've worked really hard to unblock. And it was almost like now here's the the draino that went through and unblocked the system. And I started getting messages before we went into Sekhmet, and I was just writing writing them down, writing them down, writing them down. I went into Sekhmet, and I had. Um, I feel like the messages that I like, I want to keep for me for this moment, but the messages that I got are, were really empowering and kind of um, reminded me that of my importance and to own that importance and to keep being like light and, and happiness for people. I always, I'm, I'm an optimistic person. And sometimes, I mean, the world is, is what it is. And I stay optimistic through it. And it was a reminder that that's what I'm supposed to be doing. And that was such a reaffirming. It was so lightening. It just let the heaviness go a little bit because it's okay to be bright all the time, just as for others, it's okay to be heavier. And I, I really got that message there. And I also, I, I got the message of uh, like, your eyes are open now and you are being activated. And I, that was the moment that changed the rest of the rest of my life potentially. But um, that was really um, as far as the most magical, um, that whole setting and the whole intention behind it, the whole shared experience, but the very individual experience of feeling water for the first time, you know? Yeah, so you bo- broke through the dam, like you were build- yeah. building up, and you're like, okay, <laughs> time for yeah. the waves to move through. Yeah. Um. Yes, I love that, and the messages part. Yes, I think I wanna <clears throat> before I talk about what was the most magical, and there are two moments that jump up. One of them is segment, like you. I just want to set the stage where, so you're going into these temples that have these huge columns huge carvings, hieroglyphs everywhere, symbols within symbols, messages within messages in and of themselves. And even if you looked at them as just art, as just architecture, it's, I mean, Karnak Temple, is it like five stories tall, the the columns? And it's, 
out in the open, you're looking at stars or the sun, whatever we were looking at the stars and the moon. It's just so impressive and it does something to your body. And not only that, knowing these are places of earth chakras where the ley lines or the energy lines come together. There, there's water, most of them flowing underneath where they're activating the electromagnetic signal of the earth the Gaia, yeah. the mother energy. And they kept over millennia just building temple upon temple upon temple upon temple. So what we were visiting as an ancient temple was the, just the last iteration of what has been going on there for who knows, centuries, for who knows how long. So as you enter these places, it's not just like you're entering a mall. You're entering like the sacred of sacred where you get a sense of a connection with mother Gaia with earth yeah. with stars with through all the archaeological alignments you're getting the energy of all the people who devoted energy to there with ceremonies with rituals with um seeing it as sacred visiting in, in them in pilgrimage and you're getting this immense beauty just surrounds you just they're just beautiful um so just walking through the temples themselves or the pyramids, um, even looking at them, the first I that I, I arrived, our hotel, my room was over overlooking the pyramids. Oh. I just sat on the balcony and I cried because like the energy I felt was um, getting together with a, with a relative. And that's not just the pyramids I'm talking about. That's the, the connection of life that I was feeling. I was feeling the connection of life to earth. And all the beings on earth symbolized in that beautiful structure. Um, I'm getting emotional. And as we were walking through the, the um, pyramids and the temples, um, we'd been to Edfu, Dandera, uh, Luxor, Karnak, Philea, Komombo, and the new location of the Isis temple. Um, like I would get just energy flowing through me and I had to tap constantly like there would be emotions there would be realizations as I was looking at some of the symbols uh and I kept ta tapping and I had kept yawning and yawning to me something that happens when energy is moving through me and oh my god like guidance upon guidance I'm already clairaudient and clairvoyant so even just sitting like across from the pier and they were at a distance that night that first night I had a very powerful dream that told me about my work um and I'm not going to share it here now but it was very significant um and then dream after dream after dream throughout the journey and and they keep coming after and they had come before too and in the temples there was a sense of um just connection connection to to myself and connection to life a, a, a lot of us had um we would take these pictures and there would be these like light coming out of yes yes in the Karnak temple we took pictures of the moon oh my god I mean the moon shining the electromagnetism of that place I don't know what it is but I've never taken a picture of a moon of the moon like that it's just like shining out of the picture um so there were all these things happening, and I think it was an invitation to, to be with that, to open to that. Um, one of us, Jinan, had talked about we would we would always uh, often joke that like we are such a non-muggle group. If you know Harry Potter, which I know you're yes. a fan, 
Oh, yes. <laughs> Muggle is the person who doesn't believe in magic, but we all believed in magic and we were all experiencing it on a deeper level. And Jinan said something to the effect of people can take the trip, but they may not be taking the journey. Oh, so I yeah. think the huge difference there were, was we were open to these different layers of experiences and multidimensionality coming through. So my big thing, big big, big, biggest, I think, was in uh, visiting the Karnak temple and going into the presence of the Sekhmet, black, beautiful lioness head and the, the woman's body goddess. We, we got into uh, the presence of the statue, but it sort of doesn't do her justice to call her just a statue because it was she, the statue was a representation of the energy that has been visited by people for millennia. And I felt held. I felt held. I felt like I could um, fall apart yeah. and just lay it on, all on her and with her. And I think there were things I held on to for a long time that I yeah. couldn't name, that I couldn't um put in a box or or just categorize or or like they weren't mental things but they were things that just needed to be held yeah and that's what happened there and I actually wrote about my experience in detail and then the um the second very powerful thing was visiting the inside of the king's chamber and leading up to that and mm -hmm. um hearing that I would be getting downloads for my next books, for my next creative projects there. And when I got there, uh, all I heard was guidance to go into my heart, to deep into my heart, to breathe into my heart. And, and everything was already there. Just like you were mentioning, like I just needed to go. For me, it was a going inside to, to move through the blockages and to bring something out. Um, and they, that changed everything that changed a lot of things in how I'm experiencing life now. Um, and it's, the message was just like, I have everything I need right in my heart. Mm. And I think the main message for me was like, just like you were saying, like, I am enough, I'm sacred and I'm connected, connected to all life. Um, and visiting Egypt was a chance to just revisit and reconnect with that sacredness, like connecting and recognizing my own sacredness as it was um, represented in, in these beautiful structures and in, in our beautiful group, but just knowing that knowing uh, has stayed with me and I feel it will stay with me. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just what you said about like the, the human experience and we, we all got these individual experiences within a group of people. It was almost like a sample size of people that we were with together. And that was really, it was really, I would say more, more powerful in a way than had we gone with a smaller group because we all experience things differently and all had, I think, some preconceived notions of how we should experience magical moments, how we should be having these experiences. And I 
from my perspective of someone who I don't have, I am a, what is it called? Um, Oh, I'm, I'm blanking on the word where, oh, I have aphantasia and it is where you can't visualize. I don't, I can't visualize. I don't, um, I'm working on it now with dreaming, but I don't often dream. I don't see anything when I close my eyes. I don't have the ability to visualize. And so many people, when they share these magical experiences that they're having, they experience visions and talk about, uh, and even doing meditations, the vision that they're having. And I've, I have the clear cognizance. I have the knowing of things. And I've always felt almost like the outsider there where I'm not seeing anything. I, I'm, I know that I'm walking through the chamber in this medit in this guided meditation, but I don't see anything, but somehow I do. It's just different. It's just different. And we all had these different experiences. And with this constant sharing of, you know, 17 different perspectives we all got to realize where we shared similarities and where we all had a little bit of a different experience and I think within that it allowed us to to have the experience we were meant to have because we didn't have as much pressure of what it should be like if that makes sense yeah yeah you're touching a good point where like you, I know you were getting a lot of like writing and guidance. Mm -hmm. And for me, I was hearing, I actually didn't um, feel prompted to write while I was there. But once I was back, I was writing right like crazy. So I think the intention, if as long as the intention is for you arriving there to have a journey, you're going to have a journey. It yeah. just might look like your journey. It's not going to look like anybody else's um so that's a that's a wonderful point um I want to touch upon what life has been for you since Egypt like what you feel changed or evolved or if anything um and then I want to dive into sort of recommendations for soul pilgrimages for people ooh, <laughs> but, but before before we get there so how has life been what do you feel or notice to be different in a way? It's in a way, everything is different. <laughs> and I, I don't say that lightly. Um, I really do feel like it was, it was a before and after moment. I remember my last before and after moment. And I knew when it was happening was when I decided to go to the university that I went to, um, and I was deciding between universities and I went to James Madison University in uh, in Virginia. And when I made that decision, I had such a knowing that this was a before and after moment and the choosing that school and the it was almost like a leveling up moment as opposed to what my other choices could have been. And this felt that same in that way where while life maybe on an outside perspective didn't change that much internally, it was it, it was the the path that led me to all of the all of the positive things that from here on out and that's what it felt like with egypt where um you know had i not gone i'm sure that i i could still have reached uh, many of the points that i've reached now internally but it wouldn't have happened in the way that it did and in such a positive and uh <laughs> condensed version, perhaps, let's say. Um, so I would say uh, everything internally feels different. I still am me. Um, I, but I, I feel like I'm seeing things through a different lens. And the most, the biggest thing that's changed for me is <laughs> now I'm swimming. I'm not in a bubble anymore. And so, um, mm -hmm. I, I have been, um, ch doing channeled writing 
And I've never had an experience like this before. I'm someone who's always believed in this given, um, uh, you know, I've, I've gone to mediums. I have, I, I know that there are people with these uh, abilities and, uh, you know, they're able to tap into these energies. And for the first time ever, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm getting that and I'm getting it really intensely, really, uh, all pouring in at once. And that was my, uh, another to, to tap on real quick to a, another magical moment that goes along with this is that the first meditation that we did, we were, oh, we were literally right next to the Sphinx. We were, we were not the people walking around the outside of the Sphinx. We were the people that got the gate opened for them, walked down the steps and got to touch the Sphinx. And we did a meditation in between the paws of the Sphinx. And for two cat lovers, that was exceptional. <laughs> but um, when we did that meditation, the message that I got was, I am the record keeper. And I thought, oh, how how fun. I love being the one who's documenting things. I've, I've always journaled my whole life and I love taking pictures and documenting. And, and so I just thought, oh, what a cool message for me. I'm the record keeper. And then <laughs> I we were in the Egyptian museum and we're walking and I had this huge, intense headache right across like the crown of my head where you'd like wear a headband and third eye. And I just said to myself, I don't know what's happening, but whatever we're about to see next is really important for me. And we rounded the corner and our amazing Egyptian guy just goes, and this is the scribe. And I was, uh, in French like I was just um I don't even know that like completely almost like struck down at how at that in, insane realization and um and emotion all at once the scribe and that was that was just it made so much sense to me that I I know that I'm a scribe I'm a scribe and I I also I felt like um since I've been having these channeled writings since being back I don't know if you've seen the movie Signs um, from way back when, but essentially, um, the little girl character, she, she's drinking water and she puts, uh, but she does, she's like, no, this water tastes bad. This water tastes bad. And there's just wa glasses of water all around the entire house. And it's a, not an important thing. And at the very end, they realize that water is what can hurt this alien. And that's how they can survive. And there's just glasses of water all around the house because of this like little, th this taste funny moment. And I just have been getting these channeled writings where my journal is, I'm already going through journals now and I'm looking around my shelves of my entire life. I've collected journals. I have journals on every shelf in my apartment, in my, in my parents' home, in the basement there, in the attic, in the basement here. I am a journal collector and I go through them, but not like I've gone through them since I've got home from Egypt. And I felt like that moment from signs where you just look around at all the water glasses, like this was the purpose this whole time. And I already, I ran out of ink in, a, in my pen. I, I have to go to a new journal now. I've been, that's been my biggest after is that I have, I, I, I'm tapping into this, <laughs> this energy source where I feel like I'm, I'm getting messages from my guides. I'm working on getting messages from other people's guides. And that is something that I've always believed in, but kind of never thought it could happen to me. And it was, yep, I touched the obelisk and I got superpowers thing. <laughs> so I, re <laughs> I really do. I, I think, and I think that part of it too, is this beautiful story of, I put in so much work 
luck without ever having the guarantee that anything like that would ever happen. But just like, I know that I need to work on tuning in. I know that I need to work on honing my skills. I know I need to work on owning that my journey is different from everybody else's journey. And just if I don't visualize things, if I don't see things, if I do things in a different way, it doesn't mean I'm any less magical. And then it was this moment of Egypt, of being back, of having, of remembering, of being activated. And now I, every morning I do my tarot pulls like I always have. I write my little blurb like I always have. And then I go into this state of just, I can't even write fast enough because I'm getting all these messages coming through. And so that has been a genuine, it's not just a mindset, it's a completely different and um, exceptionally wild uh, experience that I'm having that I know that I need to work on uh, exploring and fine tuning because it's, it's just, it's now it's part of me now. And it's, that is very unexpected, very cool. Um, but very, um, new. It sounds like a very physical experience for you like that. Mm, it's it's like yeah. physically moving through you. It's, it's also like what you said, as far as having energy, that was one of my experiences too. When we were at Saqqara, having a beam of energy through me that just was so emotional and it's almost like this, a focusing of energy and the, the clear cognizance I've always had the little voice of, you know, just a knowing something that it was so faint, it was through a bubble, you know, and now, and now it's, it's just gushing through and it is very physical. It's, um, and and it also is within writing. And I it's not the same if I were to say it out loud as I'm thinking it. It really is a pen to paper, which bringing back this amazing experience of having a, you know, a past life connection of connecting to the scribe and how I've, I mean, little kid Sierra was like, dad, you're going to Staples and Office Depot. Can I come? I just want to be amongst the notebooks and pens. I would just stand there and like bask in the notebooks and pens. And now, and now I, <laughs> I mean, I was an elementary school teacher, the markers, the paper, you know, that all just, it, it fills me. And, and now it just feels like so many puzzle pieces have clicked together since yeah. having this experience. Yeah. It's something about loving kids too, right? The segment and the bus. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's beautiful. How I about think, you for before and after? Yeah. I, um, I met with, a, I have a friend in Germany that I dearly love. We do these Zoom meetings uh, almost every month. And she said, uh, she looked at me and she said, you, you look more grounded Dhamma you look glowy and more grounded um and I I'll share with you what I told her which is I said I feel more comfortable being me mm, mm, yeah <laughs> I think there was something about connecting with that divine mother in me and realizing like oh I can't take care of me I can't take even if I feel abandoned by situations or people or past life memories I, I get to take care of me now I can and I can take care of me now and not just alone it's not an alone sensation like in taking care of me or in in connecting with the divine it's not even like a physical thing but in allowing a part of myself to hold myself I feel in that being held that I am held by all life all the divinity around me um and that's my own story. That's my own spirituality. You could call it being held by the quantum life, being held by the vibrational essence of the universe, however you want to call it. But for me, I just call it divine in the sense, a presence that can hold both light and dark together. 
and with the same kind of love and acceptance. Um, and challenges are here. I'm back to where physically in the same location, which I love. There's a beautiful snow in, in, I live in New Hampshire in the US and it's, it's so beautiful and romantic right now. Um, but the challenges are, are there. I'm a mom. I, uh, I have a beautiful relationship with my husband and my family, but I am different. Mm -hmm. I am different. I'm finding myself, um, like yesterday I, I, there, there was a meeting of sorts and we were getting at towards the end of the meeting and I found myself saying something, which was very like, I was just saying it to, to uh, tie a loose end. And that didn't feel right. And I went into my heart and it didn't feel right. And I just sent an email apologizing and saying something else that was more heart aligned. And it just, this invitation is with me to just keep coming back to the heart and realizing mm -hmm that I can find the balance there, the yeah. live moon in me speaking. Um, and that's huge. That's huge. I'm finding also an incredible amount of clarity and focus in my work. I just went through doing my uh, yearly goal setting and I do it on an Excel sheet, me being an Aquarius. I don't <laughs> <laughs> the sheet <laughs> with numbers. But I looked at the past few years there, there, the, the main intentions that I'm pulling through now are there, but they're sort of hidden between this, the scatteredness. Now I feel like very laser focused. I know what my next project is. Like when you go to Egypt, to these sacred temples, and you keep having dream after dream, and you keep hearing message after message after message, you're going to write, you're going to write your book, just sit down and yeah. write your book, just sit down and write your book. So it becomes very clear what, yeah. what's next. What's the and, next step? Yeah, but even beyond that, there's a sense of, oh, like I've accepted this calling of being a healing presence in the world, um, being the person who wants to remind people of their inner potentials the potentials of their inner children and how to activate them that's all beautiful uh, but also I'm realizing now having done this trip and there's another journey parallel happening to this which is I'm going through astrology training going through that it's like I'm finding a lot more connection deep within to sustain and to nourish that calling. Mm. I think I always had the calling to serve in the way that I serve through this podcast, through my healings, through my online programs, through everything. But I was just running so low on, on the love, the nourishment. Mm. Like having, having given, given that to myself and to have found like simply breathe into your heart how simple can that be and it sounds so trivial perhaps but it's it's making all the difference in me being able to show up to my actual purpose in the in the life that I want to create which is I'm also making it easy to prioritize and say no to certain things and say yes to certain things um, and I'm not saying like I'm above the struggles of the daily life but it just feels like I released into the mother Hemet, the black clans, into the mother uh, continent, Africa. I released something 
like some of the anxiety is gone, if that makes sense. So I'm feeling a lot more clear and present and focused. I like that you release something and I, I almost feel like I, I, I picked something up in, in a way. And, but I completely, what you said above the daily, you know, the daily struggles, the daily, um, uh, the, the mundane parts of life. I, I feel like that's part of this after Egypt journey, because I, I think part of my, my journey is being the liaison between the muggles and the wizards, let's say. And I, I always have been a magical person, but a very relatable everyday person as well. And I think that this was my really, um, my reminder and my uh, kick in the butt to, to keep going with this path because it's very easy and very comfortable to fall into I'm an elementary teacher I was an elementary teacher when when especially during mercury retrograde when we're talking retrogrades and it's mercury retrograde and Capricorn talking about you know any sort of uh you know career and job and all of the things and that was my Saturn's return as well was exiting the teaching world it's very easy to think back and, oh man, I loved when I taught fourth grade and how nice would it be to just have this kind of, I go and do my thing and I come home and then it's over with. And then, I mean, there's, there's no, I, I would say I wouldn't have gone back to doing that because I knew that that chapter had closed, but there is a lot of the, the people in my life that I love and value that aren't in the same um, mystical world that I, that I exist more in. It's, it's very, um, you, it feels repetitive and it, that I have to continually explain, oh no, I'm actually an astrologer and I am a tarot reader and, and, oh, it's okay if that's not something that you, uh, believe in. It's actually not really something to believe in or not, but that's a different conversation. And, and it just was kind of a reminder of, you have to keep having these conversations because you are that liaison between um, the the muggles and the wizards. And, and also the more that you talk about it and the more that you value what each side has to offer in a way, the more you can help each other appreciate each other. I think that we're, you know, a huge realization that I've had from this Egypt trip is that I am a soul having a human experience as opposed to I'm just a person. And my human experience right now involves uh, a lot of the practical. You know, I'm 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 an expat. You understand this very well. Neither of us are living in our home countries. There's administration stuff to do. There's paperwork. And I that has to happen regardless of this amazing spiritual experience that I've had. And so I think part of the challenge, it's both more challenging and more um, fuel in the fire to keep going now that I've had these amazingly magical experiences but also once you're in this amazingly magical experiences you don't want to have to deal with paperwork and stuff you just want to do channeled <laughs> writing and and just spread the message and so it is that's part of I think the lesson of all of this is now you've been given the, this awakening in a way you need to do it and you need to use it well but you also with the understanding of the parameters in which this human experience is in how are you going to do that that's the challenge and that's what i've been feeling recently too with the people in my life that i love so much that this is a big deal for them 
you know, this is, uh, this might not make sense yet. This is not part of the logical scientific world. This is something that goes a little bit beyond that. And it's, um, and that's, I think that that's part of the challenge that, uh, at least for my particular experience that I'm going to be going through as staying true to me, knowing that this is a true experiencing experience I'm happening and a true part of my life and, and constantly reaffirming that with this more logical world. Yeah, I love that. So just a shout out to the French government. Just take care of the papers already. Oh, yes, sure. please. <laughs> please. Please and thank you. And I just want to mention um, just a little mini bracket. I know that when you were a teacher, you had talked about uh, looking at the sun size of your students and like doing yes. arrangements according to that, which I loved. I love that tidbit about you. Yes. Um, and I love what you said about like going back to quote unquote real life, which is like when you place visit a place like Egypt, I think there's a whale that like there's us, the physical world, the paperwork, and then there's something else. Yes. Um, in Egypt, the, the whale is too, so thin, like it's undeniable, the multidimensionality. When you step onto those like energetically charged places, like you can't, unless you're someone who's, really really intent on doing it it's very hard to deny it um and I think for all of us in that group and anybody else who goes on to a similar journeys coming back the um the calling is um so you've seen what's beyond the whale you experienced it now it's now it's your job and purpose to bring it back to life and to realize mm -hmm. even in the mundane there's something else happening. There's another layer. There's a karmic layer. There's a past life or present future life layer. There's so many layers. So nothing is just black and white or, or gray as it seems. Um, and allowing yourself to be a witness to the mystery of it all at every moment. Yeah. Yeah. Which brings me to... <laughs> So I know that everyone listening is like, yeah, Tom, yes, here, but you know, how much was this trip? Like, how did you go? How did you manage all of those? And I think before we even go into the recommendations, I want to invite people listening or everyone uh, listening to just realize that you can take a journey anywhere. You can mm -hmm. take a journey walking in the woods, walking in a park. Uh, you can take a soul journey just very purposefully, even sitting on your couch. It doesn't have to be this huge, big trip. If you're able to, ready, willing, able to do it and to resource it, something like a trip to Egypt, to Stonehenge, uh, Machu Picchu, I don't know, whatever is calling you. Um, I think for me, my first recommendation is to pay attention to what's calling out to you. Um, I'm going to pass the ball to you, Sierra. What do you think about Yeah recommendations to people to go on soul pilgrimages you know I never thought of it's so wild because basically half of my chart is Sagittarius of course I'm always going on adventures but I I never really thought of this as being I never thought of yes I I intend on going on a soul pilgrimage it was more listening to the the hints that I have to go to Egypt and then I'm going to make it happen so I feel like in a there's a part of I want to go on a soul trip how do i make that happen and there's also a part that i feel like if you're getting messages if you're getting hints to something to listen to that because the universe will find a way to make it work if you 
remove the parameters in which those have to happen. I think that sometimes we can, oh, well, I can't afford it. That's something where is a real, it's a real issue, you know, that's a, that's a real life tangible issue. But if you, if you just say, I'm getting hints to do this, I, I getting hints to do this, I would say, just listen and put it out there. Like, okay, if I'm meant to go on this, I'm open to finding a way of making that happen. And, and also on the other hand of it, which we can get into uh, at the end, but I I do these book clubs where I always uh, choose a magical book where I do both nonfiction and fiction. And the first book that I did for this book club is called A Year of Mystical Thinking by Emma Howarth. And it was like described as uh, eat, pray, love for the rest of us. And she went through a year of um, making life magical again, but all pretty much from her home. And it was the intentionality behind it of having this really magical experience. And I, I I totally agree with you that I don't think you have to go anywhere. I think that going somewhere, exactly what you were saying about the temples, there are there's this energy that can't be denied. But I also think it's a change of setting that makes us more open to a lot of the messages that we're hearing because we're not in our everyday life. So I think you could do that in the woods. But I also think that, you know, as soon as I came back to France, I was like, there are so many magical places in France. I need to go find some of them around my little area. You know, the United States, oh my gosh, the amount of magical places in the United States that I just was blind to because I grew up there. And, you know, there, so there's really are very feasible, magical places that you can go to, to have an intentional experience. But I also think that you can have one from your own home if you make it a priority. And I really think that we all like whatever that little voice that's whispering, like if it's saying, you know, Vermont, Vermont, I wonder why I'm getting a, a hint to go to Vermont. Go, what, what are you going to lose? Go to Vermont and, and see what happens and make it something intentional. I think that that's a really yes. important thing is to listen that's funny you say that because I am going to Vermont in June Ooh. <laughs> to meet with my astrology group astrology uh I was picking group. up on it <laughs> and absolutely I mean there is an American Stonehenge just like a 45 minute drive from me which is an old uh, stone structure and I go there I take people there sometimes for intentional visits um, there's, of course, Grand Canyon, Sedona. I mean, so many things in the U.S. Um, I'm going to see if I can share a, a list of all the earth chakras, all the sacred places. Of course, there are places in Turkey where I grew up. There's Hagia Sophia, Blue Mosque, um, so many temples, Göbekli Tepe, and all of those. I think I want to add to that, though. I think the other special part about this trip was the people. So finding mm. your own soul pilgrimage with spe specific um, groups of interest, perhaps, or whatever group you're drawn to. I was part of a, a, a singing group throughout the pandemic. That was beautiful. Um, now I'm being pulled to astrology. So I'm part of that group. But finding your people, your non-muggles or your muggles, and connecting with them, that's another part of the soul pilgrimage um, that you can experience. Um, of course, there are going to be varying degrees of being aware of that journey. But if you are aware of that journey, stepping into a book club or stepping into any other type of gathering, you can experience it as a deeper journey and a deeper odyssey than others. Um, and then practically, I think if you're investing in a trip like Egypt let's say you're going to India or wherever uh just get travel insurance that comes in very handy uh and then I have a few other um 
little things that I, I collected in a link that I'm going to share below, sort of like travel, travel tips, um, things like an RFID protective uh, purse, things like that. Um, I'll share that as well. And in general, I mean, it's again, what you're being pulled to ha has a reason to pull mm -hmm. you. And um, some of us are more drawn to inner journeys and the outer journey is going to be a reflection of a mirror of whatever it is you're going to go through in your own journey. In Egypt, I think one of the things that struck me most was all these um passageways all these doors in each in these outside temples so many doors and columns and it's like you go through gate upon gate upon gate a portal upon portal upon portal yeah and they had these they also had within the tombs and temples these fake doors where it's not an actual door but it's a like a portal for the soul to go out and come back in through i mean it's just a matter of understanding as I'm walking on this path, let's say you're walking on a hike, realizing, or you could be walking a labyrinth, realizing that it's an inner journey as well. You would be not just walking through these things, you're walking through the inner chambers of your heart. You're walking through the inner pathways of yourself. And it doesn't necessarily matter that you go right or left or straight. It matters that you're present for that journey which I think is the same analogy for our lives really yeah and I love the um the comment that you made about the groups of people too because I think even if you are intending on having a solo journey and I think there's great value in that I think that there is our entire our entire group there were people who uh, I think had some really healing individually and healing as a collective. And I think that the people that you find that, I mean, I did, I, most of us only knew Sheila on this trip. And yet now we have this whole new connection of people that, you know, like I said, for some people that's scarier than others. I, I love diving into a group of unknown people and intending on befriending at least some of them. That's just, that's just part of my MO. But um, I understand that that's a really scary thing for other people and for a lot of people who were on this trip, that's a really scary thing. And so I think whether or not you consider yourself uh, more of a solo adventurer or a group adventurer, I think that you get both when you do find find a group that at least has one common thing in mind and, you know, as a goal, because then you aren't totally in it alone when you are in those really intense solo moments, you have reflection. I think that some of our, which again is a reason why I've always journaled because I, you have that self-reflection moment, but it's so powerful to have the reflection with other people around you who are experiencing something similar to, I think you can have both a solo journey and a group journey when you're in a group. Beautiful. So what's your next soul pilgrimage going to be, Sierra? Oh, you know, <laughs> honestly, um, I really do. <laughs> I, I don't know what the next journey I, I I'm going to, I'm looking into taking mediumship classes as far as that's not necessarily a, a journey of the, my, my physical self, but that's something like a new learning journey, um, in order to learn some more tools and, uh, figure out how to 
figure out everything when it comes to this new um, writing channeling that I've been doing. And then as far as uh, exploring, I really am interested in exploring more of France because I know that um, just when it was in 2020, when traveling was limited, there was a little, little moment there in the summer where we could travel. And um, my uh, in-laws and I went to uh, the mountains in, in the Alps, right in the French Italy border. And there was a, a little Stonehenge there. And there was these magical mountains where there were runes and all these things. And that's, that's in drivable distance from where I am. And so those are things where I want to kind of explore now that I have felt the, the nature magic of these amazing Egyptian places. I'm really, I, I want to see how to connect to those. I know that I've had lifetimes in France before. That's why I'm over here. I want to see how I connect to some of those places and I still my number one thing I need to do which is very easy is I just want to go to the um obelisk in Concord in Paris it's right there and that was from Egypt and so I'm going to go there and I'm going to touch it and see what else happens <laughs> climb on it yeah <laughs> how about you oh that's beautiful I love it um I'm always up for an adventure definitely I am though being called to get very intentional and focused about my work and my writing. So I'm working on that next download or or birthing that next download into the world, which is a book about crystals. And just immediately what I am um, guided to create is a series of meditations and turning our adventures and journeys in Egypt into soul journeys and guided meditations that people can take and sort of to re uh, re-experience or experience them in their own way um and I'm going to be sharing that underneath this podcast so it's going to be a group of meditations all about visiting the inner chambers of your heart through um through the mystical journey of uh, Egypt so I'll share that Apart from that, down the line, what I'm being pulled to is this impulse to do a friend pilgrimage. Mm. I have friends all around the world, in Turkey, Europe, various places in the US. I would love to, uh, maybe not all, all at once, but gradually to to visit, um, and even some friends I haven't visited before, like physically, maybe I'll come see you, Sierra. Yes. To visit people physically and to um, find connections of who they knew me to be and who I am now, to to reconnect some of myself, find some, collect remnants of myself, and to just enliven the connections to to see what what sole reason was there in the first place. Uh, so friends who are listening, I'm coming. <laughs> Prepare, prepare your couches. <laughs> that's so. That's been something that has been coming to me uh, a while now. Just to have that, um, like, open-ended time in person with someone that I have a soul connection with, uh, mm -hmm. with a person or people, wh whoever I meet, and to to allow for that to happen. Yeah. So, Maybe yeah. without a five a.m. wake up call every day too. Something like that, uh, like <laughs> my <maybe>. brunch <laughs> or nice dinner, you know, a little bit more on the enjoyable. I mean, not that 5 a.m. wasn't enjoyable, but you know what I mean. Uh, a lower level intensity, perhaps. Right, right. Mm. Physically, 
less challenging. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Something like that. But I am so um I'm so glad we did this. Me we too. A lot. And I wanna uh have our listeners um give them a chance to hear more about what you do, where to find you, how to reach you. So tell us about that, please. Yes, thank you. I am, yeah, I'm an astrologer and I'm a tarot reader and forever teacher and obsessed with reading. <laughs> I am, um, I'm over at uh, the stars made me do it podcast, which is at the stars made me podcast on Instagram. And what we do over there is we go through um, each Zodiac season. And uh, so for example, we went through all the sun signs, the first season, then we did all the moon signs. And right now we're in the Mercury season. And so we do informational episodes and we interview guests that have those placements and then we also do fun episodes like harry potter and is he really a leo what do you think about that and and you know do some do some light-hearted astrology but also uh talk about the transits and uh talk about how astrology is you know make it um accessible and see how it's actually showing up in life. So that's what I do over um, at the Stars Made Me Do It podcast. And then personally, I run a book club, an online book club, and I that's over at magical.bookclub. And that's that really just started off as me wanting to read magical books with friends. And then it has grown into this amazing community where it, it extends from like Alaska to Australia, depending on the book. And, and we all come together and meet online uh, and and we alternate fiction books and nonfiction books. And I always try to make it magical uh, themed books over there to bring magic to the everyday and also doing some tarot spreads over there, tarot readings. And um, that's, you know, we read books in tarot over at uh, magical.bookclub. So. <laughs> yes, and I'm going to share yeah. all of that. And I did listen to, I listened to your uh, episode on Encanto, where you looked at the different characters yes. uh, with your friend, and you were, uh, as, uh, you were imagining what their sun sign, moon sign rising could be. Yes, yes, <laughs> which was really fun to listen to. So yeah, yeah, that. like Hocus Pocus, you know, talking about the the characters from that, and also I'm I'm a huge reader, so a lot of the books that I end up doing for a Magical Book Club, um, I will talk with. Uh, if one of my co-hosts has also read that book, we'll go through in those characters, and and it's fun, but it's also a really, I mean, part of astrology, and the reason why I learn I love astrology is because it helps you understand yourself, it helps you understand the people around you. I I think it I think it removes a level of judgment that we could come predisposed with where it's oh this person has this placement this is the the way in which they communicate this is this is not anything to do with me this is the way in which they communicate and so I feel like that kind of analyzing of you know the characters in books and the and the um, you know actors in tv shows and movies is a really fun way to kind of pick out oh this is this astrological trait that could be portraying itself this way which with more and more understanding of that I think just helps us with interaction in the everyday world and is also just really fun and I'm a Sagittarius Sagittarius Stellium who's looking to have fun so yeah. <laughs> of course, of course I'm right there with you with my Sag rising yes so uh in short we are inviting everyone to go on their own soul pilgrimages however yeah. whatever they're called to and I am going to be sharing this 
um, group of meditations all about Egypt, all about this trip. So you can get a taste of what it would feel like for you. And you can go into your own magical soul journeys with those meditations. And then you can, right after you do that, you can jump onto Sierra's podcast to learn <laughs> more about astrology. And she has really fun conversations about that. And I actually love your tarot spreads on your Instagram too. So we're going to share that down Thank below you. too. Thank you so much for being here. This was absolute, absolute delight. Thank you, Sierra. Um, anything you want to share with our listeners as like a parting gift, intention, energy thing? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm really well. First of all, I'm really grateful to be here. I'm really grateful to share this with. It's, it's a reliving and a sharing at the same time. And that's why I feel like connections are, are really big for me. I Community is something that I'm really passionate about community. And I guess the big thing to share is that, you know, there there's such value in connecting with people. And I... I, from someone who's living overseas too. And, you know, I, I think technology is our friend. And if there's something you're interested in, and if there's, you know, something that you want to learn more about, put 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 it in the search bar, like go out there and, and search for it and seek that community. Because I really think that the connections that I've made just with you through this trip, through this online book club that I've created through this podcast, it's just, they open so many more doors and so many more worlds. And so going on trips like these and just seeking community in the areas that you're interested in, I just encourage everybody to whatever's on your heart to go and, and seek some more information on it because the connections are going to be amazing. Go through those portals and get ways. Yes. Seek them out <laughs> and move through them. Go through them. Thank you so much. Love you. Love you. Thank love you. you. I'm so glad we did this. Me too. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to Conversations with Healers. If this episode spoke to you in any way, please leave a review or comment, like or love it, and share it with others in your life. This is a true soul love project from my heart to yours. I really appreciate your help in spreading the word. If you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe and check out other episodes to listen to some extraordinary healing stories and advice. Have a beautiful and wonderful day.